Well, last night, of course, uh, South Africans were in distress, at least some of them, uh, following the news that uh, the country is going to be putting the brakes on the rollout of the AstraZeneca vaccine. Uh, This is as a result of some of the latest studies into it, which show that it might not be ideal for local conditions. Now, Professor Barry Shub is the chair of the Ministerial Advisory Committee on Vaccines. He's going to be joining us. Before we bring him in, though, I want to play this clip. It's um, from my colleague Stephen Hrotes, who spoke to the health minister, Dr. Zuelim Kize, earlier in the day. We're going to just delay the uh, use of the AstraZeneca vaccine, but we might need to be aware that we shouldn't really condemn the vaccine because in the, the uh, preliminary uh, research, it was showing good, uh, promising outcome. Then in the UK, the same study showed much better outcomes and, uh, in Brazil. What has happened in South Africa is that uh, we we haven't got a very conclusive uh, report, which means, therefore, that we can't go by what has happened in other countries. We need to do a bit more research in South Africa so that we know how to deal with it. It has not indicated strong, effective uh, uh, response to protect against a mild and moderate disease. Not much was uh, found in, in terms of the severe diseases. Now, that means... It's, it was not the. It's not been uh, adequately demonstrated to be, uh, you know, helpful. And so we need to do more research because we know in other settings it had different results. So that's the first issue. <clears throat> the second issue is that um, uh, we were going to use it within this time. So the expiry date, although we would have liked the longest expiry date, we had not. Uh, uh, been aware until it came here that it was a short expiry date. But nevertheless, we anticipated that we would have used most of it. Our approach would have been at the time, we use it for everyone, uh, 1 million, 1.5 million people, and then there would have been orders in time to be able to get the booster dose. So we're still expecting other uh, uh, doses uh, to, to have arrived uh, so that we don't have a problem with expiry date. Now that there's an issue of expiry date, I have actually directed that we must do some additional work so that they can get a better uh, understanding as to what, how best to deal with the AstraZeneca. There may well be a response early enough that might say, use it, and then you're going to do this and that and that about it. So all of that is going to come in the next few weeks in such a way that you can still use it within the expiry date and it will not be a problem. We can just assure the public that they will not be, will not use an expired um, vaccine to anybody. We'll also find a way of having to deal with the manufacturer so that uh, if there's an expired stock, then of course, how would they replace it? And then we can deal with that. Well, the chair of the Ministerial Advisory Committee on Vaccines, Professor Barry Shub. Uh, Professor Shub, a very good morning to you. Good morning, Kathy. Hi. Hi. It's a great to have you on. Thanks for making time for us. Did you Thank see you. this coming or has it been a complete surprise? No, the issue of the, of the, vac- of the variant was a complete surprise. It was completely unpredictable. Mm. Um, we actually didn't, uh, I must, from a virological point of view, we thought the, the genome of the virus was reasonably stable. It's a long piece of RNA, so generally those viruses are reasonably stable. But on the other hand, being a respiratory virus, uh, it does mutate. But uh, to the extent of the mutation that it actually escapes immunity uh, was a bit of a surprise. I think it was, uh, and you know, of course, at the moment, it's kind of, 
our dominant strain in this country and of course in Brazil, but other than that, it's not really a dominant strain as far as we know, as far as has been detected in other countries. So it has taken us a bit of a surprise, by, by surprise. Mm-hmm. That was really unpredictable. This announcement about the rollout now having to be halted due to the latest results coming out of the AstraZeneca vaccine. Explain to us what has happened since that vaccine arrived in the country that led to the decision or the announcement that the minister alongside other scientists made last night. Well, the, the, the story is this, you know, we, we started getting alarm signals from the laboratory tests. Um, and uh, you must remember, this variant was only first uh, detected uh, in October and really kind of characterized in November. So that's mm-hmm. not long ago. And that's in the laboratory. So the laboratory uh, um, signs kind of pointed that there would be a reduced efficiency of the neutralizing antibodies. But uh, both, but of course, you know, the just, labor- just detecting neutralizing antibodies doesn't mean the vaccine is not going to work. You know, our immune systems are much more complex than that. And that's the one thing. The other thing is that uh, the whole system becomes more complex. We're talking about the individuals being mm. vaccinated and being protected. So also information from international authorities overseas uh, seem to think that the vaccine will work absolutely fine. The problem is this, to kind of assess whether it actually does work in real life, we need to look at where the vaccine has been rolled out with people that have been exposed to this variant. And of course, people overseas where the rollout has taken place weren't exposed to the variant. It's really analyzing the data from the relatively few people who took part in the trials. And also remember that the variant only started circulating as far as we were able to detect it in the late part of the year. Mm-hmm. So the results were only analyzed now, very, very recently. They were presented, uh, in fact, last night by Professor Mardi. Uh, I think he presented that to earlier uh, to make the actual decision. Look, uh, it doesn't look that the, that the uh, AstraZeneca vaccine, as it is used at the moment, is going to be effective. Mm. And therefore, the decision was taken, look, let's suspend it pending further investigation. In the meantime, it's not really that the road has been halted as such. We are getting other vaccines, the Johnson Johnson vaccine, to actually replace it. So there won't really be a meaningful delay in the in the rollout. So what has changed, Professor Shub, between when we procured this AstraZeneca vaccine, which was last month, versus yeah. now, uh, where we're set to roll it out, and then there are all of these red flags in terms of the the information. Yeah, well, what 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 has changed is that um, is that we're now aware from the analysis of trials of people that have, have been vaccinated, mm-hmm. uh, that, that is not going to be effective. And therefore, we decided what's changed, that we decided to kind of suspend the use of the AstraZeneca vaccine and replace it with the Johnson Johnson vaccine. So, so j- just to make sure that I'm understanding you correctly, these yeah. vaccine results, the trial results that you're talking about now, yeah. these were not available at the time of procurement, you're working on a different oh. set of results at that time. And it wasn't a different set of results. It's just mm-hmm. that the actual trial results were only analysed. You see, you have to collect a sufficient number mm-hmm. to make it a meaningful number. Now, that, those results only came out a day or two ago. The vaccine was ordered as well, well over a month ago now. Mm-hmm. So, 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 when, so when the vaccine was uh, was uh, ordered. The results, of course, weren't none at all. We only had, we only had the uh, laboratory information. 
So, so effectively, this vaccine was ordered in the hope that it would work for South Africa because of how it, it was working in other countries. Correct. Correct. Yeah. It was working very well in other countries. Mm. And uh, obviously, we were reassured. And also, we were reassured from overseas uh, experts that it would still work despite what we were picking up in the laboratory. Because remember, a laboratory is really a very, very specific thing that you demonstrate. You're not really demonstrating, is the vaccine effective in a human being? It's, it's a specific environment, effectively. It's not really the environment. Mm. It's just mm. that human beings are very much more complex, mm. very mm. more complicated. The laboratory just detects neutralizing antibodies. There's also cell-mediated immunity, innate immunity, etc., etc., one of the things that has come up has been around this issue of the vaccine and its expiry date. Right. Um, w- why did government not know that this vaccine had an expiry date? You see, vaccines normally do have a six-month expiry date. Mm. Uh, and this is, this I think, what you should cut it by about half. Um, well, you know, if we were going to on the normal uh, normal uh, regimen of vaccination, we would space it out about, what, four weeks uh, between the first and the second dose. So if we started now, we could well have come within that expiry date. But was it an oversight? Gosh, Kathy, I can't complain. I've got nothing to do with procurement, so I'm <laughs> not guilty. <laughs> I'm not involved with that at all. But, so but you, know. I, you know, you, 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 you're advising gov- government on this and, and you know, you're, you're better placed to tell whether or not, you know, officials that are involved in this place, when you, if, if you've ever been involved in, you know, in the procurement of vaccines, if you were the one procuring this, would you have checked when the expiry date was? I guess if I could, if I would have, for sure. <laughs> Look, I, I mean, you know, our, our job is to say, procure vaccines. Mm. And the way they do it and the mechanisms and so on, we, and we could, you know, that's really the, within the Department of Health. Mm. But you would have checked? I, if, I, if I could have, yeah. I, I don't know how it works. I don't know how. I've never ever in my life ever ordered vaccines. I've just received a vaccine in my mm-hmm, arm, mm-hmm. but I've never ordered it. So I don't know. I don't know the mechanisms. All right. Uh, but, but if there is a mechanism, sure, I would have, yeah. Okay. Well, well I suppose it's, it's, it's fair enough then. What does this mean now? Because ultimately, we're changing our strategy when it comes to the rollout of vaccines. What happens to the AstraZeneca vaccine now? Well, it, uh, we, we, there is still quite a lot of work that still has to be done. AstraZeneca may well have a role. There are two, there are two things which are really being looked at. Well, sorry, three things. First of all, it, does it protect, and there is, well, Professor Marty presented uh, the, the suggestion last night, that there may be a, p- a possibility that it may still be useful in protecting against serious disease, serious disease hospitalization, which really is the prime object of vaccination. Mm-hmm. That still has to be investigated. If it does, it still could be useful in that regard. Then there are other parts of the immune system which also need to be evaluated, what you call a cell-mediated immune system, and that may be stimulated by AstraZeneca. And the third thing, it may be used in combination. That is the first and second dose. It may be useful still in combination. So these are things which still have to be evaluated. So the AstraZeneca vaccine will still keep, obviously, and and, and, uh, see whether it will still have a use. We keep and we try and use before April? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The answer is that, yes. 
but as you say, well, I know, let me, there's one thing, though. There is negotiations with the Serum Institute of India mm. to see, in fact, is that expiry date hard and, hard and fast? Because if they have data from where they've used it overseas and found that it is effective, uh, and immunity, and immunity yeah. and stimulates the immune system beyond the expiry date, and they've got data on that, then it may well be that the expiry date may be extended. Of course, the difficulty is that when you look at a, an environment like South Africa, the last thing you want, where there is such great apprehension around taking this vaccine in the first place, to then have a case where you're having to explain to the public that, yes, you can take, please take the vaccine, it has expired, but yes, it'll still work. No, I think that we need to reassure the public. Mm. They will only for sure. I mean, this is this is a, this is an absolute absolute thing. Mm. We will only uh, administer vaccine if it is safe and effective, and if the uh, within the within a recognised expiry date. That's for sure. We we cannot we cannot. You know, the the the, um, the registering authority, SEPRA will only license usage provided it complies with the regulations. They won't, they won't uh, shortcut that. So, Professor Shub, were, were you, as part of the chair of the Ministerial Advisory Committee on Vaccines, yeah. did you advise government to procure the AstraZeneca vaccine? Uh, we, well, what, what, what we did was there, there was actually a, a kind of bouquet of vaccines. And we said, procure the vaccine which is available first. AstraZeneca came up first because the immediate uh, concern, the immediate pressure, mm-hmm. the immediate was to immunize our healthcare workers. Remember, at the time we were in the throes of our second wave, mm-hmm. they were being overwhelmed. At that stage, we, we were under the impression that AstraZeneca was an effective vaccine. So, uh, and it probably might probably still be, it might still prevent serious disease and hospitalization. Um, so, I think it was a wise decision at the time. Did you have concerns about it then as well? So while you needed a vaccine because not having nothing wasn't an option, did you equally raise the issue of the fact that, look, we don't know how it's going to respond in our climate, but it's, it's a gamble that, that could well be worth it? Well, yeah, we didn't view it as a gamble, I guess. It was just that uh, there was a vaccine. It was available. It was the earliest available. We needed to give it to healthcare workers. Mm. There was the evidence from overseas that it was an effective vaccine, a good vaccine. We had reassurance from overseas people that were involved in vaccinology that it would work. And therefore, we said, right, take everything into account. It was a good thing to kind of start off the vaccine. Of course, one of, yeah. one of the difficulties, given where we are today, is that yeah. some are looking back over the de- developments over the last couple of months or so and saying, well, actually, maybe we wouldn't have procured the AstraZeneca vaccine if we'd done a better job of just trying to procure vaccines more efficiently than perhaps the, the, the perception that, that has been created. I mean, do, do you feel that, that, that there has been a bit of a, of a catch-up game being, being played here? Yeah, Kathy, if you look back, and one's always wise with a retros- retrospective uh, view. 
it was actually fortunate that we didn't go along that way. It's, it's, it so happens that way. I mean, can you imagine if we would have ordered like what other countries did, a whole year's supply of vaccine of, say, AstraZeneca, mm-hmm. and then found out that it doesn't work? So we actually have a fortunate position now because we can now kind of say, okay, we ordered a limited amount. It may or may not work in the future. We're still going to investigate, but it's certainly a limited amount. We now can look at other vaccines, like the Johnson's auction, Johnson John which in the trials did show it was satisfactory. So it actually turned out for the better, in fact. I'm going to take questions. We're in conversation with Professor Barry Shub. He's the chair yeah. of the Ministerial Advisory Committee on Vaccines. Let me quickly go to Sebastian in Cape Town. Sebastian, if you can keep it short and sweet for me, please. Hello. Yes, good morning to you and Professor Shub. Um, the questions I would like to ask basically go down to basics and um, one would be efficacy of masks because Germany is now limiting mask wearing to certain specific types. The other would be uh, does the public properly understand the aerosol effects of the virus because people seem to think that if they're outside on an open air restaurant they're safe and they're not safe they may be at less risk according to my understanding but uh, this thing can be spread by air conditioning, fans, wind blowing. Um, yeah. And same, same on the beach. Where, uh, now, the other thing to do with basics is uh, that in my limited area of going about, I see increasing uh, non-compliance with the mask wearing and the social distancing mm-hmm. and absolutely no con- uh, uh, con- uh, attempts at enforcement in my area of Cape Town at all. I mean, and we saw a prediction or heard a prediction last night of the third wave in the winter. So mm-hmm. we need to be concentrating, besides the valuable concentration on the, vi- on the vaccines, concentrating on the well-known basics, which seem, uh, seem to be now falling a bit into the background. And included in that, sure. um, I, I, I remain very critical of allowing 100% loading in taxis and also this, the question, and this also applies to other forms of group transport, buses, trains, etc. Right, I think we're not doing enough in, in all respects of, uh, of enforcement, compliance and so forth just to prevent the third uh, wave outside of uh, whatever mm. the vaccines might or might not do. Alright Sebastian, I'm going to give Professor Shub an opportunity uh, to respond to you in a moment. I'll also take William in the Free State and we'll play a couple of WhatsApp voice notes as well. It's 11.30. Udzile Sako has your latest news headlines.